It's on now. Can you hear me? Hey, for those of you who are with us that weren't with us last week, I want you to look at the profile here. The gentleman standing before you is a little bit shorter, a little bit heavier, and somewhat older and grayer than the guy that was preaching last Sunday. Steve Smith, Smith was here with us for a few weeks, and, and he and the family, for lots of reasons, and if you need more answers to that, I'll be glad to address it later, one of the other elders, but they moved back to Alabama. So, here we are, and God is here. Amen? Amen. Here we are, God is here. That's what we're going to talk about today. Before I get into the lesson, though, I've got a couple of things that I need to share with you that are important to the church. First of all, there's a young lady who's here in our congregation this morning, brought her daughter and her kids and her grandkids and all that fun stuff, but Janet Hagelin is right back here. I think she's moving to Florida really, really soon, like this week maybe. This is her last Sunday this morning. We love you. We're going to miss you. Enjoy retirement. I'm waiting patiently for the day. My wife won't let me, though. I don't know what's going to happen with all that. But we're thrilled that you've been with us for all of these years. Florida's getting a phenomenal alto singing, and a beloved and wonderful work in the church. So God bless you in your travels back to Florida. We'll see you in a few months because she's going to split residency between Florida and here. When it gets too hot there, guess where she's coming? Here. She probably, well, I don't know if you wish you were there yesterday because it's pretty hot there, too. We have another family that's going to be leaving us pretty soon. This young man right here, third row, Hal and, Sarah and his wife Sarah, have sold their house. He bought a farm back in Missouri, another farm. He already had one. One wasn't enough, but he's got another farm. They're moving back there in a few weeks, somewhere probably toward the end of this month. They'll be closing on the house here and uh, moving back to Missouri. Here's the hard part about losing this guy. He knows where everything is in this building. He was a deacon over maintenance and all of the fun stuff and everything that happened around this building. He knows where every electrical wire goes, every fuse is at, everything about everything with this building. And we're just praying that Ron Chovey, who is our with you before you leave, so you can transplant all that knowledge and information. Just make sure we have your phone number when you leave. And be sure out on the farm when you're on the tractor, in the air-conditioned tractor, if I recall, you have your telephone on because we may need to call you at times. That's a fact. And I'm going to be so bold as to ask this of you. Sophia, where is she? She's over here. She's leaving tomorrow to go back to Guatemala. But here's one of the things that wasn't mentioned last week, and her father was not willing to say it this morning, but I ain't afraid of nothing except to fall in the hands of a fearful God. I don't want to do that. She needs $1,000 to make it through the rest of this year. Um, and so if those of you who are here with us would be so kind as to step up, and provide that with her. You can make the checks payable to the Church of Christ in Mission Viejo. If you'd like to do that, that would be cool. But we need to raise $1,000 for her so that she can go back to Guatemala for the next three months and not worry about having food to eat for herself. And so if you can see your way to do that, that would be great. If you're not prepared to do that today, we'll make sure that she gets it if you want to do it next week. But let me encourage you to do that. When you leave the auditorium this morning, there's a table there with some t-shirts and coffee, things like that. Those are not for her fun. Those are just things that she brought to show you the kinds of work and the things that they do there in teaching kids and helping them learn how to provide for themselves. So if you'd like to purchase some of those items, they go to, this, to the home down there. And then last but not least, I need to talk about our church for just a minute before I preach a sermon about what God wants us to do. With all of my heart, I wish I wasn't preaching today. But I am. And I'm here because... This is where God needs us to be. And don't ask me why. I don't have any answers to why. I'm not even sure the word why is in the Bible. Except when Job asked it, and God put him in his place pretty quick, if you remember the story. 
Amen? Yes, amen. He did. And we're not going there. But I want you to realize the power of the ministry team that we have here in this church. And I want to introduce them to you in a way that maybe you haven't seen before, okay? There's a gentleman who's standing in the back right now. If you just turn around and look, Mike, wave your hands. Mike Capusta, yes, this side. Yes, that's you. One of the most talented and gifted guys in social media, network, all that kind of fun stuff. Mike is our computer guru. He left us for a while. He came back to us a couple of months ago. We're excited that he's back with us. He's working with us full time. He's taking care of all of our website, all the fun things that make a church get out into the community. That's what he does. There's a young lady sitting right here on the second row who has been the church administrator here now for how many years? Ten, Ten next month. We'll have a party next month. Yeah. Celebrate 10 years. I was going to say we'll give you a raise, but I think they already did that. <laughs> but you never know. You never know. You know, the Bible says you have not because what? You ask not. Okay, so I believe that. So anyway, nonetheless, this young lady's been the church administrator for 10 years. And next to Hal, she probably knows more about this place and what goes on here than anybody combined. Because she truly does do amazing things. She got up this morning at 5.30 and came here and turned on the air conditioner so you and I would be comfortable. Now, I don't know too many people that are a church administrator that lives as far away as she does that would come do that. But I'm excited that you're here. I thank you for what you do. And we would not be able to hold all this together without you. So thank you very much for who you are and for what you do for this church. I mean that. All my heart. And there are two guys sitting on the front row here. I'm almost embarrassed to have you stand up because you have a Tennessee shirt on. <laughs> and for those of you who didn't know what the T was, it's for Tennessee. It's not Texas, okay? And here's the funny thing. He's from Alabama, which blows my mind. But there was a really good football game on last night, and Alabama won the game. Yes, Nick? So Nick is from. These two guys are amazing. When, when Steve decided he and the family were going to move back to Alabama, one of our, one of our huge concerns from an eldership perspective was, okay, what happens to the youth group? Because love Steve to death. Cindy are great. They're phenomenal people. Still love them. And, and this morning, if anybody in Alabama is listening to me or watching this, I pray that Steve presents one of the greatest sermons he's ever preached in all of his life today because he made it back to Alabama safely, got all his stuff there he was unpacking yesterday. And when I was texting him last night, he was watching the football game, which is a little interesting because he doesn't even like the University of Alabama, but he has to live there, so he has to abide by the rules. <laughs> but we were worried what these guys were going to do. And when we came, when we talked with them, when, when the elders met with them, they're like, we're here. And we're committed to this church. Praise God is exactly right. And I love Steve, but i got to be honest with you. Since he showed up and he showed up, the mojo, is that a real word? I think that's a word. The mojo, the enthusiasm, the vibrancy, the, 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 the stuff that's been going on around here is because of the first two or three rows right here. Because of what these guys have done with our kids. And I think they are worthy of a hand and an applause for what they have been doing over the last several days. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, when, when Steve decided to leave, that, that freed our budget up a little bit. And so here's what we did. Taylor is now full-time with us as a, as a youth minister here at this church, which is phenomenal. Yes, exactly. We're working with Nick, trying to figure out exactly where to plug him in and all that kind of stuff. But he's a part of our ministry team as well. So please, guys, love on these guys. Keep loving on them. They like homemade, homemade baked goods. They live in a little uh, condo, townhouse, whatever, down in Laguna Niguel or wherever it is. They, and they think they're looking for roommates still, a third person to live there. So we want to love on these guys because for those of us who have this little bit of gray in our hair, we know 
that the church without children will die. I can introduce you, and, ta- and some of you know where there are churches where there are no children. And everyone in the church is 65 or 70 plus years of age, and when the next person dies, the church may not be there. I was chatting with, I, I, I don't remember who it was now, but someone was telling me about one of the gals who used to worship with us who lives up in Aubrey now. And they have like nine or ten people and one man. And if he dies, then it's a, la- and it's a lady's church. There are places like that. We don't want to be that. We love all of you who have gray hair. We don't want you going anywhere. And we would like to have more of you. But we are especially excited that these guys are with us. And so I thank you for sticking with us. And thank you for being a part of what we do here. Now about me, I'm filling in. I ain't on the payroll. I don't want to be on the payroll. Look at you, Ray. I don't want to be on the payroll. I have a job. It takes me out of town a little bit. I travel quite a bit. And I don't like to travel so much, but that's where I'm at in my world right now. But I know this. I'm here. And when I'm here, I can preach, I think. Now, some of you may not like my preaching. If you don't like my sermon, tell me. Don't go tell some of the other elders. If you don't like something, I say, tell me. Because I'm the one that can fix it. They can't fix it. They might not let me preach anymore, but that's okay. I want you to know that we're here to serve you. And every time that Taylor preaches, because I'm not going to preach every Sunday because my schedule won't allow me to sometimes. There will be time when Ken DeBose may preach. Javon and Lee are not here, but Graham and Grandpa are here with the kids today. I saw them come in earlier. And, uh, but, but Javon is a phenomenal communicator of the gospel. And we'll have Javon preach some. So there will be a few people filling in. Now, I want to share this with you. We love to hire a new pulpit minister. But it's going to take more money. Just being very candid with you and very transparent this morning, it's going to take more money on a regular basis in our contributions before we really feel comfortable to say, let's hire a new pulpit minister. Because we committed to this man, we're committing to him, we've committed to these other two on the staff, and that's the ministry team that we have. And whenever the day comes that we feel financially fit to bring in the new person, we'll bring them in. But I'm going to say this, that depends on all of us combined, not just an eldership. And so we love you. We ask for your prayers. So many of you have called us, contacted us, sent emails to us since last Sunday, supporting us who are in this ministry and leadership roles. And we thank you from the very bottom of our hearts. So having said all of that, let me share a message with you that I hope will be an encouragement to you. Regardless of what may have happened in the last two weeks, God is here. And so are we. In Psalm 102, the book says this, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens of the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. You remain the same, and your years will never end. You know, the thing that is amazing, regardless of what happens in our world around us, is that God is in control. There's a song that came out in contemporary Christian music a couple of few years ago. It says, God is in control. It's a great song. I can't sing it, but there's a great song that says, God is in control. Michael W. Smith, I think, sang the thing. It's a phenomenal concept. God is in control. See, here's the thing that you and I have to understand is the believers in the church, those who are members of the body of Christ, God is in control. The book says somewhere that he is the same when? Yesterday and today and when? Tomorrow or forever. How long is that? That's a really long time. And if he's in control and if he's the same, guess what? It's okay. It's okay. 
We, we run around in circles sometimes. I, I alluded to this in the Bible class a couple of Wednesday nights ago. We run around in circles sometimes and we stir up all this dust. We stir up this whole whirlwind of things that are going on around us. We get all uptight about this. Or we get uptight about this. Or we get anxious about this. Or we wonder what's going to happen with this. And God is just standing here. Solid. And he ain't gone nowhere. Pardon my grammar. But he ain't gone nowhere. And he is here. And he is solid. And he is in control forever and ever and ever and ever and forever. And again, forever. He is always there. Now, we may not always understand it. Welcome to my world. Welcome to your world. We don't understand it all, but that's okay. We don't have to. Because our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. And he can know 27 years in advance what needs to happen today. And we'll never know until the 27th year has come and gone. His kingdom is forever. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules all over. Psalm 103 verse 19. And his kingdom is in this place. I don't remember exactly how many years, but somewhere probably 35 plus years ago, there were a handful of people in the South Orange County area who were approached and said, hey, we should put this church here. And all of a sudden... There's this thing called the Church of Christ at Mission Viejo. How many years ago has it been? You, Bob, you remember? Clint, you guys, either one of you? Don't mean to put you on the spot. It's been a few years. Brenda? 47 years ago. Some of you don't have any shoes or socks that are that old. Some of you do. 47 years. And there are a handful of you here who are still a part of the church that was here 47 years ago. Guess what? The kingdom is still in this place. And guess what? In 47 years from today, when I will be gone... Because here I labor and toil. But there will come a day when I will not have to labor and toil anymore. And I'll be asleep until Jesus comes back. In 47 years, I won't be here. Because I'm not telling you how old I am, but you have 47 of what I got. And I ain't going to live that long. But in 47 years from today, when these young kids right here, and the kids that are over across the, the, the courtyard who are in the little cradle row class, 47 years from today, they will be here. And God will be here with them. Because that's what God does. He establishes his kingdom in this place and it will remain forever. His purpose will prevail. The Lord Almighty is sworn. Surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purpose, so it will happen. His kingdom is here. Do you think for a minute any of us had any idea two months ago what was going to be happening today? <laughs> uh, no. No way. We didn't know all this stuff. But guess what? Here we are. And here's the kingdom, and his purpose will stand. As I have purposed it, so it will happen. So it is. Somewhere somebody said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, that's the wrong way to say that. God said it, so that settles it. If you want to believe it or not, you can, but it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. God said it, so it is. And here we are. Amen. Jesus is unchanging. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is here in this place. There's a wonderful story. I want to take you to 1 Kings chapter 19. If you have your pew Bible, which is the little black Bible there in front of you on the, on the back of the thing there, on the back of the pew, page 254. There's some really, really neat stuff here I want to share with you that apply to what we're doing here today and apply to where we're going to go tomorrow and the day after and the week and the month after that. Chapter 19. Let me go down to verse 9 with you. The word of the Lord came to Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And the wind there was, in, and, and after the wind there, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard the whisper, he pulled the cloak over his head. And he stood at the mouth of the cave. And a voice said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? He said the same thing. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I'm the only one left. And now, now, they're trying to kill me too. Guys, I don't know what's going to happen here. Guess what? We've been through the wind. We've been through the earthquake. We've been through the fire. And all of that can happen. All of it can happen again. We may have another great wind. We may have another great earthquake. We may have another great fire. But through all of that, God is in the whisper. And he asked the question, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? After God speaks to Elijah here a few more minutes, he encourages and invites him to go and bring Elisha to be the prophet who will take over after he has completed his work. Some of you may know this passage of Scripture. Some of you may not. But continuing in verse 19, Elijah has gone to Elisha, and he has found him. He found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him, and he threw his cloak around him. And Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I'll come and go with you. And Elijah said, go back. What, what have I done to you? Elijah wasn't even sure he'd done the right thing. And so Elisha left him, and he went back. And he took his yoke of oxen, and he slaughtered them. And he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat, and gave it to the people, and they ate it. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant and his servant. A couple of months ago, Travis shared a message with us. And I don't remember everything about the message, but the gist of it was, are you all in? Remember that? So, here's the question. Are you ready to kill the oxen and burn the plow to move forward? 
Are you still all in? Some of you have worked in the world of business, you've done other things, and, and, and you have this business plan that you put together. And it's a phenomenal business plan. And someone says, well, do you have a contingent plan? And, and there's a philosophy in the world of business where you not only have a business plan, but you have a contingency plan. And if you, and if you need, not only do you have plan A, but you have plan B, and then sometimes you have plan C. Well, I have news for you. Elisha, Elisha only had one plan. And that was to follow Elijah. Because he killed the oxen, and he burned up the plow to cook the oxen so he could feed those people who were around him. And so my question for us here this morning is, are we ready to kill the oxen? Are we ready to burn the plow so that we can move forward to be the people that God has called us to be? And you might be thinking, well, Ed, what in the, how in the world, what in the world, how, how do I, I don't have any oxen. And I get it, you don't have any oxen. Do you have any cats? No, I'm not. No, I'm teasing. I don't want you to hurt your cat or your dog. Okay, if you got an iguana, we'll have a conversation about that maybe. But, but I'm not, in, no, God, that's not what God is getting at. It wasn't the ox that was the big deal. It was the fact that he was willing to do whatever it took to make it happen. And he committed everything that he had to go follow Elijah. He killed his ox and he burned up his plow. He had nothing to go back to. Are you in? He needs help. He needs help. She needs help. He needs help. There's a nursery back here that needs help. Thursday night, we need help. We need help every Sunday. When we come around to that time when it says we're going to take an offering this morning. We need help as a church. We need help because we need to do more things. She needs help. There are so many things that you and I can do. There are so many ways that you and I can serve. But my question is, are you ready to kill the oxen? And are you willing to burn up your plow to make it happen? Are you in? God is sovereign. God is Lord. An earthquake can come. A fire can come. But God is in the whisper. It is time to hear the call of God. It doesn't matter who's preaching here. It doesn't matter who stands in the pulpit. I'm serious. It doesn't matter because there's not a church that I've ever been a part of or that you need to be a part of where the preacher is the one that makes things happen. He just happens to be the person who stands here and presents a sermon for 20 or 30, 40, 60 minutes or however long it is. It's us. It's all of us collectively that make the church what it is. It's all of us collectively that help the youth group become what it can be and to let the college group become what it can be and to let the seeker group become what it can be and to help... Ray, what's the class you teach? What's the name of those? The, the summit? If you want to reach the top, baby, to get to the summit, it takes all of us. It takes us all. All I'm offering to you guys is I think it's time for us to burn the plow. To kill the oxen and burn the plow. We don't need a plan B. We got a plan. And the plan is right here, right now. Right here, right now, in this place, God is. And we can be here too. Because He is sovereign. He is sovereign over all of us. He is never changing. He will always be the God that He is. And He will not change. And He has established this place for a reason. For 40 plus years, He's been here. And for 40 more years, He'll be here. Will you be with us?
Can you burn the oxen? Can you burn the plow? Can we feed each other so that God is here? God knows what's going on. He knows what's happening in our world. He knew before it ever started. He knows what's going on now. He knows what's going to happen in six months or six years from today. So since God already knows, let's be bold. Because there's nothing to be afraid of. Let us therefore make every effort to enter into that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Nothing. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Therefore, therefore, since we have such a great high priest in Jesus who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let's hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he didn't sin. So, here's the, here's the conclusion. Let us, therefore, come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Boldly. We have not because we ask not. Whatever you ask in my name, Jesus said to his apostles, I will give it unto you. If you have faith just the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea and it will be done. And you can say to this fig tree, don't bear any more fruit and it'll die. I personally want my plants to grow fruit that are in my yard. If I had a yard, I'm on a boat. But I want you to understand, God is sovereign. God is in control and he will not leave us in the whirlwind. God is sovereign over us, guys. And all of the things that may come our way, strength. however difficult, however fun, however challenging, however exhilarating they may be, God is God. And he calls us to humbly come before him and to serve him. He just asks you to love him with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. That's all. But he is sovereign. And he knows right now exactly exactly what you need and what we need. And I trust him. Will you? Will you trust him with not only your life? Will you trust him with this church? Will you trust him with your life to the point that you would kill the oxen and burn up the plow and have nothing to go back to except him? He's in the whisper. He's in the whisper. hear his voice we're going to sing this song the glory land way it's an old one it's a good one and it kind of is fast paced I think if you leave it the way I used to do in Alabama and I want you to sing this song but I don't really want you to stand up the minute we start singing this song I just want you to stand up when you get to the point in your heart and your mind that's like yep I'm ready to burn the oxen. I'm ready to kill the ox. And I'm ready to chop up the plow and start a fire and be all in. God is in the whisper. He's here now. We're going to sing this song. And as we sing this song, 
I invite you to stand when you're ready. And if you never stand up, I, that's okay. I'm not going to lose any sleep tonight. Love y'all. But I invite you to join us in the bonfire. Let's stay. Come on up and lead us down.